here I am in New York with Dr. Z. She's a really sexy and fabulous plastic surgeon. And I'm so excited to have her on because she's going to answer some of our most burning, desirous questions about what people do when they want sexual surgeries and whatnot. So we'll find out. I'm sure she has a lot of great secrets. Welcome to Millennial Sex Podcast, and thank you for joining us. I really think you have a stunning, fiery little red mask there. Cascabella, they also make underwear. That's what I was going to say. It looks like lace panties, but it's a mask. It's a very sexy mask. Weren't you the one that told me about the trend of using thongs as masks? It kind of was a joke, but yes. <laughs> or like, you know, they, they even have a, a picture about bras. Like, you know, an A cup might not give you enough protection for COVID, but the C cup is perfect. A double D, your face, you can't even see because it's too big for your face. But there are some jokes about underwear and bras. A lot of guys like it like that, though. Yeah. Too big for their face. <laughs> People always want to look sexy, and that's why they come to see me because they want to, you know, lift their breasts, show some more cleavage, have a flatter stomach, a rounder butt. So people always want to look sexy. Yeah. I, I was wondering, like, has anyone ever come to you and asked you to make their penis longer? People ask about, you know, they call up on the phone and like, oh, I was wondering if, you know, I could get... But I don't really do any of that genitalia surgery. Um, that'll lead to my urology colleagues. But people will use some injections. Um, fat grafting may play a role. There are things that alloderm and acellular dermal matrix. A lot of this may give some um, girth, not necessarily length. But there are some options. But um, I like to keep it sexy, but I don't specialize in sexual organs. Okay. So that's really interesting. Like, So you're saying that like, people get injectables in their dicks to have a girthier penis? I wouldn't exactly use that the way the term is, but yes, they would, they would, the people will seek um, doctors requesting penile enlargement, and injections may help. It's not comfortable. It's a painful thing to have injections placed in that location, as is other things. Some people like pain on their genitals. When I exercise, it's always that no pain, no gain philosophy. So I guess it can apply to everything. That's what you tell them, huh? No pain, no gain, guy. <laughs> well, that's really fascinating, actually. Um, so you say, like, it, it's, but, like, if it's, like, injectables, so it would be, like, sculpture or something into their penis? Well, fat, like, fat is actually the one that I think is probably the best because you could get a bigger, you know, volume. So you do some liposuction, you harvest some fat, and it's your own tissue. So basically, dudes are doing BBLs for their dicks. Yeah, but I don't think there's a logo for that. I don't think it has the same acronym as fat grafting to the butt or Brazilian butt left BBL. I don't think there's an acronym for that. I mean, I'm sure you're creative. You could create one. Yeah, well, wait, so BBL stands for Brazilian butt lift, right? Correct. Oh, okay, so how about, how about girthy... Penis enhancement, G P E. Try it. You can try it. <laughs> no one may know what you're talking about, though. But you can try it. <laughs> I bet you we can make it a thing. <laughs> As I said, it's not my area of expertise. So I'm, you've not done this? 
No. Oh, but you've heard of people doing it. Yes. Oh, okay. You know, I... Th- you know, I, I, there was a guy I used to see who had, like, a really fat penis. Like, it was beyond girthy. Like, it literally had, like, pockets of fat on it. Like, it looked like a baby's leg. You think he had it done? <laughs> Is that what you think? Well, that's what I imagine it might, like, they'd be going for. I mean, you, you could get some lumpiness with fat grafting. I mean, we do fat grafting to the butt, but we also do to the breasts, like, for natural breast enhancements. So instead, some people don't want implants, and you could add some volume by adding some fat to the breasts. And one of the concerns is some lumpiness, so maybe that's your man. Yeah, maybe. I mean, lumpy's better than nothing. That's what I always tell them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, 20 years from now, when we're more evolved, I think what will happen is, because everybody will have Botox and fillers, literally everybody by then. Even babies. And now all the babies don't need it yet, but, you know, 22-year-olds. And... And everybody will have had it by then. And so I think what will happen is it'll be tied to people's, like, mental health. Like, if people don't have their Botox, they'll have, like, a mental breakdown because everybody will see them looking 65 years old and they haven't had that happen in 25 years. So it will become part of society's mental health. Well, that's a definition. See, that's a definition of cosmetic surgery, which is not covered, is to improve one's self-esteem or image with the, the use of cosmetic surgery. While functional surgery is if someone was in a car accident and broke their nose and they can't breathe, that will be a rhinoplasty, a traumatic rhinoplasty. But if just because you're born with a big nose, like I was as a kid, you know, my family had to pay for me to have a nose job so I could have a better looking nose. Right. It does look very nice. Thank you. I I'm like hiding it. it under my red mask, my red lips. I wouldn't have known that your family paid for it if you didn't tell me, actually. I wouldn't have guessed. I mean, I was a kid. You know, otherwise, I'd be How big for was myself. it? Um, like two of those noses or three? It's just like a little different kind of shape, you know? Like, and I, I was well endowed in the nose category. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like men who are well endowed in the nose category. <laughs> It's good for, like, face smothering and stuff. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, like... The beak. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, like, some random questions. <laughs> some random pervy questions. <laughs> I might not be able to answer them. <laughs> so, no, I just wondered about this. Because you're a doctor, right? Yes. Obviously, you're a plastic surgeon, but, like, any type of doctor, you know, you are a doctor. You've done it all. You went through the exams and the residents. You've probably done something in OBGYN at some point in your I've training. Babies, yes. oh, you delivered a baby. More than one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wonder like when you go to like the like the OBGYN or like when you get like a mammogrammy and stuff and they like do your boobs. Like do you ever enjoy that or you would just see it as a doctor? Do I get turns on when I get a mammogram? Yeah, if it's like a, if it's like an attractive woman like you. Um, like if the doctor is an attractive woman and she's like, "Do you want a breast exam?" and you're like, "Yeah, why not?" <laughs> no, I don't get turns on. I mean, I, um, first of all, I'm professional. <laughs> Second of all, I'm heterosexual. 
Yeah, I just wondered about the line for doctors. Because, like, when you're a patient, it's different. Because everybody looks at their doctor kind of as like, ooh, the doctor. And, like, then it's like, ooh, the doctor's touching your boobs. Ooh, the doctor's, you know, like, when the doctor's putting their finger in your butt, that's not fun. That's, you know. But when it's something, like, mild, like, oh, a boob massage from your doctor, you're like, ooh. And it's, like, weird. So I just wondered, as the doctor, when you go to the doctor, how do you feel? Listen, if don't give me a two-second exam because I know you may be missing something. So I want, that's how I feel. I want to make sure you give me a good exam. No, I'm not turned on. Um, you know, it, like any other patient, you worry when you're getting a breast exam. You want to make sure no one feels anything abnormal, you know. I'm not getting turned on. I'm still hoping, like every other patient, that there's nothing wrong and everything's perfect. Okay. Yes. True. Forget about that part where the doctor's massaging me <laughs> sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> okay, I was just curious because, you know, it was, I had that experience. I just wondered if I was the only you one. Tell us about your experience. <laughs> oh, it was not that great. I just felt like a little pervy for a second because I'm not, I'm not a lesbian either, but I was like, this ain't bad, actually. I was like, she's hot. Like, and she was, she was dressed really hot, too, and I was like, she had this whole exotic thing going. I was like, hmm. fun day at the gyno. I just wonder, like, has anyone ever specifically asked for a camel toe? <laughs> um, no one specifically asked for a camel toe. It's interesting because in certain cultures, people do want more fullness in the moans in the pubic area. Mm. Um, and I remember years ago in practice, someone had come in having some foreign in- injection in some foreign country. Um, so it definitely is done. For me, people come in, they want liposuction in the abdomen, and sometimes they want liposuction in the pubic region to flatten the area, not to enhance it. Mm, okay. Well, there's still time. The camel toe trend is really starting to take off now in certain subcultures. Are there, like, medical names for different types of vaginas, or is it just one kind? Everything on the body has some anatomic name, and there's some, you know, Latin-based procedure name to tag to it but um there are about seven different anatomic procedures that can be done in the vaginal area to make the area appearance more youthful hmm seven i think there were seven wow that's a special number i hear you have a boyfriend yeah right now (laughs) yes i have a boyfriend right now oh okay was it i wonder where is he he's not here He's not here today. I don't oh. think he would not be interviewing. He'd probably be like ringing my head, cut it off, stop talking. Oh. Well, he's pretty cute. I wonder like what it's like like when you have a cute boyfriend. Do you have to like make him cuter like every six months? <laughs> Are you like, you know, come here, baby. I'm going to do something for you, make you look hot tonight. Well, it's funny because when I was married... My ex-husband started to put on a little bit of weight, and it was not due to my cooking, but anyway. And, like, he used to have a double chin, and all I wanted to do was liposuck his double chin. And I used to make the liposuction sound, like the machine sound, like, that's what liposuction sounds <laughs> And then, you know, he got a little love handle, and I wanted to get rid of that, too. Neither procedure happened, but he is an ex-husband. Can you make that sound again? The liposuction. The machine makes a very distinct sound. It sounds like sucking machine. What does like it sound su- like? It's like a sucky. It's, a, it's like a, it sounds like a bloat. Well, I'm not saying that's what it sounds like, but the machine makes some noise. It's aspirating the fat. Oh, <laughs> cool. so so basically, every once in a while, you just make a sucking. 
for him to remind him that you want to lipo his glove handles and his chin. Yeah, he didn't find it funny. Or even just the motion. Yeah. The motion of liposuction is, you know, this is a motion. You just show him, yeah. Liposuction motion. It may look like other things. Yeah, it looks like when people do the dick thing in the face <laughs> with the tongue. It could or, you know. It's a pump. It's a pump motion. Yeah, I mean, it's a back and forth, repetitive, yeah. back and forth, you know, motion. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why the marriage didn't work out. Anyway, well, that's fun. Wow. So, I wonder, like, you know, like, do you think, like, dating a plastic surgeon is hard because they, like, they, they're accustomed to perfection, possibly, or? It could, I think it could be. I think in some ways for appearance it could be hard. I mean, I know I'm critical on myself. Like, I'll look at things and think differently than a regular, you know, woman would look at their own bodies. So, I imagine we'd all be, we're all a little self-conscious around, I guess, the plastic surgeon because I could pick up imperfections on everyone. Even beautiful supermodels have some imperfections. I've kind of dated some plastic surgeons in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And um, we're friends. I mean, we're in a friendship way. But so I think that they're looking at everything. You know, have they addressed me and dressed me in their mind to figure out all my flaws and imperfections? Like the show Nip Tuck, like mm-hmm. Christian Troy's character Nip Tuck. Yeah, I'm sure that show is based on some male plastic surgeons. Yeah. You have a story to share on uh, this podcast? You know the the twist here. We like to hear people's stories. What happened to them personally? Mm-hmm. Something unexpected. Something wowzers. Something twisted. Something really embarrassing. You know. Like if I fall into all categories, but you know, I'm trying not to be. You know, I'm trying to be a little bit more conservative in certain ways on this. Um, as far as funny stories goes, okay. I mean, I have two kind of categories. But once we were at this outdoor big party, and this guy that I was kind of hanging out with was there, and we were both, like, kind of horny, you know? We were young and horny. And we're trying to, you know, and then we both had to go make a little pit stop in a bathroom, and we're at this event. We're trying to find, like, we're both thinking the same thing. We walked into this, like, art studio, and it's dark, and it's kind of, like, risque, And, you know, hey, the body's a piece of art, so we might as well, you know, be our own artists in Mm, there. Yeah. And so it's like that challenge of being in an unknown studio where you're not supposed to be and someone else potentially walking in. Yeah. And just the passion and excitement of being there. And it was kind of a fun, you know, spontaneous occurrence. But um, that's as far as venues. Wait, so you guys just had sex, you didn't get caught? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. I, when I was younger, we all got caught, like, like the cops would be driving in our neighborhood, like, when we were kids, like, you know, you'd be in a car hanging out with a guy, and the cops would come with a big light, you know, hello! You know? Because you lived in the burbs, right? Yeah, when you live in the burbs, like, you can't really be sneaking people into your parents' house. I mean, some people's parents didn't care. But, like, yeah, you know, sometimes you had to do certain things. It's just growing pains. Yeah, Tell me about how you got busted by the cops. No, we were just hanging out in high Where? school. And, and, like, we had this pool club in our neighborhood. Everyone used to hang out there. Obviously, the cops used to hang out there. Was knowing. it the middle of the night? Well, 
Yeah, I guess you could consider the middle of the night. It wasn't exactly <laughs> sunny. We just hang out there. What do you mean? Everybody hangs out there. It wasn't exactly sunny in the middle of the afternoon. No, it was, of course it was okay, in the late so night. You guys, like, broke in at night? No, it was more of a parking lot area, but everyone used to go there. It was, like, one of those spots where high school kids used to, like, hang out, you know. Yeah, and, and be slutty. Yeah, I mean, and be experimental uh, and, you know, enjoy, you know, being youthful and in a relationship or in a, you know. So is it like one of those lookout things where you park the car and just... (laughs) Yeah, but there are no views. There weren't really any views to look out at. It wasn't like what you see, like, in the movies. It's not that suburban where you're overlooking a cliff and there's all these cars, you know. It's not that exotic. Okay, it's like the parking lot of TGI Friday. Oh, God, no. (laughs) It's not that cheesy either, (laughs) More of our neighborhood had, you know, a, a nice little, you know, pool club area. You know, everyone knew the spot. If people are listening to this and they know me or they know the story, or the situation, they've been there, done that themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of babies probably conceived there. A lot of pre-abortions <laughs> happen there. No, no, we all practice safe sex. Yes. <laughs> so what? So you were there, and you know, with a date. Yeah, and. And the cops come, and, you know, of course, the, like, the windows are fogged, but you know no one else is banging on the door unless your friends are in another car. And, like, the cop comes with the flashlight over, but, you know, it's no big deal. You didn't get a ticket. They're just like, go home. Oh, okay. Somebody are not getting arrested. Somebody told me that happened to them one time in high school, and the cops told him he didn't, he didn't have his clothes on, and the cops made him start driving naked. They wouldn't <laughs> wait for him, and Man. they, like, were laughing, and they made him, like, drive naked. Listen, they, um, need, they need some fun. I mean, some of the job is stressful as a cop, so they needed to have a good sense of humor, I guess, in that situation. <laughs> I, that's, like, being, that's, like, almost like a fraternity party, like, someone hazing somebody. Okay. <laughs> so, so, basically, you were at this party, and this guy was there. You bumped into him, and you guys, like, kind of snuck around to some other parts of the property nearby. You found some artsy studio with a sensual vibe. So you went in there and you had some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Was it good sex? It was really good sex. I'm not not the best I ever had by any means, but it was good at the time. (laughs) In case you're listening, dude. (laughs) Not the best I ever had by any means, but good for the time. I get you. It was definitely enhanced by the <laughs> taboo, forbidden aspect, of course. That was, there was this guy, so mm-hmm. when I first moved to New York, um, I got a job, and of course, like, the first hot guy I saw at work, I was like, <laughs> So, because I just moved here, and I was super horny. So, um, <laughs> so I'm, like, having this, like, discreet affair with this guy at work. Apparently, it wasn't very discreet. We were, like, sneaking off to the bathroom, to meet around the corner, to, like, make out and all this stuff all the time. And we went go on the staircase, and, like, we found, like, some other floors of the building that were under construction. Exactly. So we'd go there when we... But we were, like... But everyone noticed that we were always, like, sneaking off together. But, you know, it was so hot. Like, we were falling in love because it was so hot from all the taboo stuff and I was like yeah I was withholding the pussy you know (laughs) like I was just like making out with him constantly and everything else all the time like withholding the pussy and like he was like oh you know and I was like yeah I'm gonna (laughs) torture you like this and then um but then like I ended up getting fired over it 
And that's not good. He didn't get fired over it. Double and, standards. Yeah, and well, he had more seniority, but um, but anyway, and then then like he wanted to continue the relationship, and I was like, okay, but I was just like boring <laughs> it was so boring like without the sneaking around at work and going on these adventures to find a place to get nasty it was really just a boring relationship i think that's why some people have an affair i think some people have an affair for the excitement and the challenge and they want to get caught and you know or don't want to get caught but i do think there's something about the behind the scenes that people like yeah there's some passion to it you may not even have with a person in a different circumstance, but that connection can provide passion. Yeah. Oh, I should get a job. Do you ever miss, like, working with other people? Because you're working by yourself in your own practice, right? Um, like when I was a resident, when we used to sleep at the hospital, like, do I miss working with people like no, that? No, I don't mean that. But I don't know. Like, you know how on Mad Men he would, like, fuck all these people the work and stuff and like that look good <laughs> it's a totally different industry we're not like an advertise you know and that was you know but um no they have so many shows like think about the show Grey's Anatomy have you ever slept with a client no can I've you not say that client. is no, that like I against that? No. what if it was a former client let's say someone was a client five years ago no. and they're single no. is that still like a breach of conduct no but like no, but not only that, I get, like, if, if someone asks me out, like, a patient asks me out, I'm like, oh, you know, the doctor-patient relationship, nothing's happening. Yeah. And Is um, it weird after you've, like, seen someone passed out with their butthole, like, cut open or something? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, for me, it's definitely a professional boundary. Yeah. Um, but, you know. What if it's a good-looking guy and he just wants some injectables? You couldn't date him. You would have to, like, have him not be a patient. Like, there's, like, all these, like, medical, legal things. But, yeah, people could sign off on being your patient. Okay. You know, when they write down, you know, who referred to the office. Obviously, if I referred them to the office first, because we were dating prior to you coming in, that's a different situation. Yeah. Oh, I, so, so, you know, like, male plastic surgeons, they have a thing going to avoid the conflict. It's called Titcoin. Yeah, tell me about that, you know. Like, I think you told me about that. I, I don't even, I've never heard about this in any of my female doctor yeah. meetings. No, male plastic surgeons, they, they have a currency they use that they they call Titcoin. They delightfully refer to as Titcoin. And it's like Bitcoin in that it's a currency where they can buy cosmetic surgeries for their side pieces. Right, so that their, their colleagues perform the surgery. Yeah, so basically, like, you know, they want to sleep with, they want to hook up with some chick. <clears throat> she wants to hook up with him because she wants cosmetic surgery. So they hook up, and then he tells his his colleague, okay, I'll give you, you know, one tick coin for one tick coin. So now they can do that. Now they can send their side pieces to each other for the services and they get to they still get the pussies and whatever they were buying for free that way um or for an exchange for a service so they have this currency with the male surgeons called Titcoin. I, I hear it's quite lucrative i i don't know i'm, I'm not an investor in Titcoin. i don't know don't <laughs> approach me about it <laughs> investor in Titcoin. <laughs> damn yeah it's uh uh well yeah it's a real currency they tell me 
But there's definitely, definitely some scandals, but as there is in every industry. You're not from Manhattan, but you're from New York, and uh, so you've lived in Manhattan for a long time, I presume? Yes. And you've practiced here for quite a while. Um, so what's it like having a fabulous New York hot girl life as a plastic surgeon all these years in New York City? People watch, like, all the TV shows when you think of, like, Sex in the City, Real Housewives of New York, and you these are the people you run into when you go out to eat and just, you know, in your everyday life. But it, New York's a fun city. I mean, it, you meet people all the time, and both as a doctor and outside, but it's been a fabulous experience living in New York. But people don't realize, I think people think, like, a plastic surgeon in New York who's, like, single and everything, you know, she just parties and she does her surgeries, whirls in, and then goes to, like, Fifth Avenue to Gucci or something. The day before surgery, everyone knows I would I don't drink before I operate. As far as city life, yeah, you got to balance everything. You have to, you know, Cornell had this mantra, like, work hard, party hard. Um, and, yes, you I mean, you got to take care of yourself. I go to the gym, like, five days a week. I go out for dinners anywhere from three to five days a week. Um, plus, I work. Do you have another story? Come on, bring the scandal. I know you well, have it. This is just like a kind of cute story. Okay. So, you know, how, like you buy all these Halloween costumes. It's like every year you want to dress. I'm, I'm like in the category of sexy for Halloween. I don't ever understand why people want to dress scary for Halloween. Like, who wants to look scary? Don't you want to be sexy? It's like one of the days in the year you have a, a pass that you can wear whatever you want, and there's no judgment, right? So, you know, I have a drawer of Halloween costumes and I'm like hanging out with someone and I used to always like answer the door and I'd pick up a different Halloween costume. I might as well get some use out of them, right? So it was a birthday. I can't remember if it was mine or his. And I decide... So he's coming over to meet you He's coming over to my Okay, and you're going to put on a costume and answer the door like that as a surprise. Yes, but instead of just a Halloween costume, I decide that I'm going to dress myself up with bows and ribbons. So I, I decorate my, I am the birthday present. Oh. I'm decorating myself in bows and ribbons, and Kinky. I was the present. Thank um, you. So, so wait, so you, so you got like, wait, hold on, because you know they have like the long ribbons that yeah. you wrap, and then they have like those stick-on ones, like on the Christmas package, you just <laughs> stick them right on your nipple, you know, it's like a Yes, that would, make more, that would make more sense, but I tied myself more up with the bows. <laughs> okay. And then you answered the door? Yes. And, of course, with, you know, five-inch stilettos. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was a good birthday present. Hey, you know, I just it just accumulated the, the bows because I had them around, you know. So, yeah, it was, like, no sense. Like, that was it. Here's your birthday present. Wow. How Samantha of you. She was <laughs> the best character. Now they're having the revamp of Sex in the City. Um, I forgot what the name of it's called. Trash. You know, I haven't really seen the show yet, but they're revamping without the best character. Yeah, you cannot do a show about women without the slut. Well, she, this, she's a <laughs> successful businesswoman, and she knows what she wants, and she goes for it. Yeah, I'm not saying slut in a derogatory way. I'm saying in a proud way. A proud, yes, she is the best character. By far Absolutely. the best character. Yeah, I'm going to miss her. But um, but yeah, that was very Samantha of you. Was he like super excited? Yeah, I think he was excited to you know unwrap the package. There weren't that many you know strings to pull. But, you know the saying, I got to pull some strings. Now we really know where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. So was that was that your Halloween costume as well? 
Oh no, because yeah. you know. this whole this all started when you said it was a, it was going to be. Well, I like to dress up for Halloween, and sometimes I like to dress up when I'm home. Oh, okay, because I mean, I guess you can do that for Halloween. Just wear a thong and then like <laughs> ribbon. Yeah, in New York, anything definitely goes. You can walk out with anything. There's this um this girl Zahia Zahia. She's like this courtesan from France or whatever. Ellen Von Unworth did a whole bunch of photo series of her, the photographer. So there's, like, these ones where she, like, is wrapped in the ribbon, just like that. Basically naked with shoes, and she pops out of the cake. Like, there's all these photo shoots like that. With yeah, her. I don't want a cake in my apartment. That'd be all messy and stuff, you know? Like. Yeah, no. And plus, yeah, too sugary, right? Yeah, too messy. Yeah, Okay, well, that's fun. You sound like a fun date. I'll, I'll, yeah. give, I'll give you that. Yeah, I try. Yeah, yeah. But, and that was like a last minute thing, right? You didn't even plan that. It just came together. I mean, I probably thought about it in my head. And, you know, I wasn't going out shopping for the ribbons. I had to see what supplies I had around. But, yeah. Um, you know, you need a little bit of edge. No, you don't live in New York if you want to be boring, you know. And, like, my, you know, being a surgeon, it's creative also. It's scientific and it's creative. So there has to be some creative side professionally and personally. Mm. Like, do you have any, like, advice for, like, women, and, like, younger women, you know? Because I, I feel like you're, like, like very independent. You're, you're, like, a lot of women are all, like, submissive and, like, where's my man? But you're, like, very independent and, like, you have your own thing going and, you know, you live in Manhattan and, like, you don't let anything stop you. So I just wondered, like, if you have any advice or any like mantra for life or anything like that I, I think you have to you know find what you're passionate about and and go for it whether it you want to be passionate about a career a hobby or a guy like if you like something you know try to go for it and yes we're going to have some rejections there's going to be some bumps on the road but it's your life you want to live it the best way that you can and it's not work 24-7 until you die you want to have some fun you need a balanced life and go for it Go for it, work hard, party hard, and enjoy life. Go for it, party hard, get those stilettos on and those ribbons on your tits and go for it. It's kind of like a ribbon when you come in first place from, you know, a sporting event. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, tell me about, didn't you say that someone, I was telling you about my one of my podcasts where the guy, the condom got lost inside the vagina, um, and you said you, you had a situation like that? Yes, I mean, a patient tells me the story. She's like, I think I've lost my condom. I'm like, well, not to violate HIPAA, but I'm like, I'm not a gynecologist, you know. <laughs> I'm not a gynecologist. You really need to see a gynecologist, get a pregnancy test, and do what you need to do. But I'll take out the condom, you know, so I took out the condom. So you had to, oh, so you had the stirrups, like, at the gyno? Yes. Okay. A lot then, of the exam tables have it. And, you know. Did you have the forcep thing? No, I had gloves. I mean, I put my gloves on, and you know, I think people get nervous when things happen and things go wrong. And you know, I wasn't there. I don't know who's putting the condom on if they knew what they were doing. But you know, she needed to get that removed then and get it treated by her GYN. Oh, so you put the glove. You just reached in until you found it. Oh. Do people ever come to you and they have like BO or something, and you're supposed to like do something to their body? Well, B.O., there's a thing called hyperhidrosis, people that sweat a lot, and, you know, you could put Botox in the armpits to help with excessive sweating. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. 
And don't they do Botox here? Well, you could put filler. Decollete. You could put filler in. You could put dilute filler in if there's a lot of wrinkling, you know, due, due to the aging process, or peels and lasers if there's a lot of sun damage. So if you want, you know, your body looks sexy forever, you got to put sunblock on everywhere and really stay out the sun. You know, drink water, exercise, and see your plastic surgeon and dermatologist when you need to. But you want to look sexy. That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Getting fucked. Well, that's not exactly the way I'd say it, phrase it, but yes, patients and people want to look sexy. We all want to look our best. I mean, who doesn't? I don't care if I'm going to be 90 years old at some point. I want the guys when I'm walking to turn their head and be like, oh, she's looking good. You know, you want that. And we all want positive reinforcement. That's true. And power. They go together. There's a lot of power that goes with being appealing. I call it sex appeal. That's right. Okay. Well, um, is there anything else that we should talk about here? Or do you want to mention? Um, you, could, you could always talk about breasts all day long. I mean, what do you think? Like, people come in and now there's a trend to like removing breast implants in some patients and some people want to still be as voluptuous as they can. And I don't know what your viewers think of what the, is the perfect size breast. Oh, you mean because like like a couple decades ago big breasts were really in and now big butts are in and people aren't as concerned as with breasts people still concerned with their breasts i mean yeah so you're asking me i'm asking your viewers what's the favorite what's their favorite cup size oh okay yeah guys sound in and let us know what kind of breasts you like i'll tell you i personally like i always really like the little ones I always thought the little ones where you don't have to wear a bra, but there's still, like, a little something there. But, like, the girl will never have to wear a bra her whole life. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> I love those. I never had those, ever. I literally went from nothing to big. And there mm-hmm. was, like, no in-between. Right. Um, so I've always envied those people who can, like... Because my mom was like that. And, like, she could gain a lot of weight and still... And, like, you know, her boobs would just get normal size. <laughs> Like, so, like, you know, she still never has... She probably still never has to wear a bra. Um, Most people have to wear a bra because they don't want to be sagging because we do, like, perky. Um, you know, my real thought is always to be proportionate to, to the to the individual. Most people want to be about a C, you know. Some people want to be a little smaller. Some want to be a little bit bigger. I think everyone wants to kind of just be proportionate. Oh, but some I, people want the rest to walk in the door before the rest of their body. I mean, it's, you know, personal... Can I tell you about this douchey guy? Okay, so I basically was at, like, this town hall for the mayor. And I got up and I said something. And then, like, after this photographer from the from the New York Post was like, um, Oh, yeah, what you said was so provocative and so... It was, like, the best question anyone asked all day or whatever. And... You know, it was, it was like, it was about something that, like, I wasn't too happy about. So, I ended up talking to him for a while, um, and then he, like, starts telling me that he is in a relationship with someone, that he has a kid, but he doesn't like her body. Specifically, he doesn't like her breasts. After having their kid. Yeah. So after breastfeeding, 
So he he thinks that she should get a mommy makeover? No, this was the thing. It, that's why I was like, what, they're saggy? You don't, you know, and he's like, it's not even that. He's like, she's just, like, I guess what he described was, like, a woman who is not slim. Like, not, like, fat, but, like, not slim. But then she has, like, kind of small breasts, too. So basically, he was like, like yours look amazing, you know. Um, like, so basically, because, like, I guess her breasts were kind of, like, flatter and wider a little bit. And just not, nothing to really, like, grab onto. Like, the breasts I was talking about, but not on a slim bird-like person. Like, on a bigger person, sort of. Right. And, um, and so I guess he didn't like that. And I was like, I was just like, oh, this was the guy that told the story about losing the condom in somebody. <laughs> yeah. And just so everybody knows, when the condom comes off and gets lost inside, it means that it's too big for the penis. That's what it means. It wasn't put on correctly. No, it means your dick is small. I mean, men should be so critical because you think every part of your body may be perfect, but don't don't be harsh on women. Oh, he was awful. He was balding. He was fat. It's like unreal. People in glass houses. Douche. And he obviously had a small penis. Well, we can't change personalities of plastic surgery. We can help with self-esteem, but we can't change your personality. The goal of this um, is to feel as good as you could and to empower yourself and to have the best body you can for you, not for some douchey person. Right. Right. For you. Yes. Yes. And, and all the attention that that's going to bring. They're just making you feel good about yourself. It's all about empowering yourself so you could feel good, look good, wear clothes confidently, walk into the room and feel good about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I get that. The older I get, the more I feel like, you know, fuck it. Like, everybody owes it to themselves to, like, create the context of their own happiness. You know, like, like the world is already in motion. So, like, when you, when you, when you finally identify what is going to make you feel good or what makes you happy, you know, I feel like, just get it because whether you know people will debate like people feel ashamed about having surgery they don't want to tell people that they have fillers you know all that kind of stuff so there's some shame behind it right but like ultimately it's like my life my choice yeah but it's like you're just just you know just live like and i hope they come out with something that just grows like a whole bunch of fat like i'll have like three asses (laughs) like pow pow look at that I won't be the only one to tell you. <laughs> I won't be the only one with that idea. Look at three titties now. Pow! <laughs> what do you think would happen if they literally found a way to make penises, like to, to enhance penises, to like so men could actually go buy a really nice penis? Well, I think there are going to be some women there that are going to be like, oh no, that is just not going to work. Why? Because <laughs> their anatomy is not going to fit some, you know, rocket ship or something. Oh, that. Well, (laughs) there could be a lot more labia reconstructions. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you so much, Dr. Z. This has been a fun, flirty, and informative podcast episode. And thank you so much for joining us on Millennial Sex True Stories Podcast. Sounds good. Thank you.